0: So I joined the army and uh, because I was acting out because of my mental illness, they didn't like me very much. So I experienced hazing. I was actually duct taped in the fetal position. It was probably the most traumatic thing in my life, I think. And I really believe that's how schizophrenia really came out.
1: Hi, I'm Lance and this is Unsilent, a speak series by No Stigmas that champions mental health advocacy and challenges the stigmas that all too often prevent people from getting the help they need. We're so glad you're here. In today's episode, we get to know Jason. Now, Jason is a veteran, but also opens up and shares his life experiences with schizophrenia. In today's first part of a two-part conversation with Jason, we dive a little deeper into his background and who he is, and he opens up about some of the challenges he's had with schizophrenia. He also shares what it was like to join the army and some of the hazing experiences he had because of his schizophrenia diagnosis. We thank Jason again for opening up to us and sharing his story with us. We know he truly does put his advocacy in action. Let's dive in.
0: I am a mental health advocate and a veteran. I spent a little bit of time in the, uh, the United States Army, not as long as Elvis, who spent two years, but close. <laughs> but, um, you know, I think I've always had, especially in high school, some mental health challenges, but of course my parents didn't know what was going on. I didn't know what was going on. I thought I was just growing up. You know, I had some depression and, um, I, I thought of, of it, looking back on it, it's it's text textbook mental illness, textbook schizophrenia, thinking somebody was after me, and, you know, and so I joined the Army, and uh, because I was acting out because of my mental illness, they didn't like me very much, so I experienced hazing, I was actually duct-taping a fetal position, it was probably the most traumatic thing in my life, I think. And I really believe that's how schizophrenia really came out. And um, it, it it took it took some time to get over it, but um, you know I've I've always wanted to write. I wanted to write ever since the seventh grade. I had a great English teacher who was all about creative writing. I really enjoy it. And you know even when I was in the army, I wanted to be a writer. I wrote wrote these long delusional letters, honestly, to my uh, relatives, my brother, who stopped reading them because. He told me that it's too much, and um,
2: um. In time,
0: I, uh, I, I honestly, at the time, for about a year there, I thought I had special powers because all the voices and delusions I had were people like soldiers who I served with, uh, friends from Richmond, Virginia. They were all real voices, and I could see them in my mind. So I thought I had special powers. And it took me about a year to realize I did in fact have an illness, and I um, it gotten so bad that I was a danger to myself and my parents. I was living at my parents' place, and they actually called the police on me. I was handcuffed in the driveway, and God bless them if if they hadn't wouldn't have if they didn't do that, I don't think I would have gotten help. You know, it was a tough situation, and I was mad at them, of course. But now I totally understand why they did that. That was probably the hardest thing a parent has to do is uh you know do that and um you know and you know i went to the psych ward for a a couple of months then i went to homeless respite because i couldn't move back into my parents house They, they were unsure about how i would treat them but in the homeless respite the medication started taking hold and i realized i i i did in fact have schizophrenia and um
2: and I accepted it, I just,
0: that's how life is gonna be for me. Um, and I, like I said before, I've always enjoyed writing and I was actually staying at my aunt's house. and was trying to find a way to share my story, you know, and uh, this this academic journal came up called Schizophrenia Bulletin, who does first-person accounts of people, so schizophrenia and severe mental illness or related real, mental illness. And that was just how I really found my purpose. Without schizophrenia, as, as terrible as as it sounds, I wouldn't have a purpose. I know I I, I can um, share my story. I can help others. Uh, maybe even give advice. Sometimes, sometimes you you really don't know what to say because it's just you know, um, you know. I I, I don't want to tell people you you, you got to let your loved one hit bottom. I'd rather not say that, you know. That's pretty much what why I got help is because I hit bottom. I was growing up around an alternative and grunge area, with which looking back at the songs I was listening to, they were first person accounts of mental illness. Yeah, listen to uh, Cobain, Nirvana's song "Lithium." That's a first person account of depression. You know, and lithium is a drug for depression. I didn't know that at the time. I thought lithium was like a like weed or something like that, like a fun. Tool, okay, but it's just like you know. I shaved my head then too with that song with popular. and when he said, "Um," because today I shaved my head, I thought that was awesome. Because I shaved my,
2: you know, you uh, know, yeah, but you
0: know, it's d- depression was there, but it's just you know, it's what is help? What what did help look like then? We really didn't know. We we kind of suffered, and you know, luckily I had good friends that kind of listened and god bless them they were great to me then i um we don't really connect now just because we have different lives jobs family kids you know so uh yeah but looking back i definitely had depression in middle school and high school i didn't know how to ask for help but i did ask for help i asked for help in a church camp i was raised baptist and the it was the last night and the last night uh you can say ask for prayer request or um, just just whatever like oh, prayers of Thanksgiving. And I said, you know, I've thought about uh, kill myself. I thought of, about suicide. And that you know, for whatever reason, I had a mohawk at the time, and that I was already stood out because the mohawk. But I uh, I said that, and nobody, you know, nobody really put their arm around me or embraced me or said it's going to be okay. Let's talk to your parents, which. I don't know how I would handle that if they talked to my parents, but the only person who really stood up for me was my brother. And he was awesome. He said, you know, Jason, I love you. Mom and dad love you. You know, it's going to be okay. You know, and this is a time, you know, was it going to be okay? I don't know, but that kind of gave me the boost to get through middle school and some of high school. And, um, yeah, it was, it was rough. Um, uh, I, I still go to church. I go to church online now. So it didn't tell me away from God. It's just, you know, how do you handle that? You know, nobody knew really how to handle that, you know, back then, back then. Um, but I am a man of faith. I pray often. It was kind of, it's kind of like meditation for me, but I won't preach to you today. Cause uh, I don't want to do that. My brother and I, I think he was uh, in high school and
2: I was uh my freshman. We like going to
0: live shows. We were into punk rock. And um uh you know I remember on a birthday my my coffee was usually 1130, but he one of my favorite bands were playing, he got my parents to let me stay out later so I could see this band. And you know that's just our relationship at the time. You know, now he has kids, he has two jobs, you know, God bless I pray for him all the time just to, that he has time throughout the day to relax. Where he feels uh, contented and satisfied, you know. But he's a great guy. He's a great dad. Great, great walk ethic. He's a he's a great dad and great husband. Um, Bill and I love him to death. You know, I joined in two thousand three. And nine eleven was still pretty close in everybody's memory. Um, the thing is, I I never actually saw the footage of the planes going to the World Trade Center until I came back from the army. Because at the time I was living in this crappy apartment. All I had was this uh, clock radio, and I listened to it on the radio because I usually, you know, I, w- I was still dealing with mental illness, and for the most part, I slept in instead of going to college, even though I only lived a block away. That day, I-, I heard it on the radio and just, you know, I'm a visual guy. I have to see it, you know, but it's just like I remember my college government teacher back in 99 saying, you know, the USA will never be uh Attacked or invaded again. And that happened. And I was like, what? You know, and just, I don't know if you remember, but just walking around, their eyes were glazed over like they, they didn't know what was going on, you know? Well, I believe I wanted to be a firefighter first. So I was a uh, preschool teacher day. That's how I paid my rent. I moved out of that crappy apartment, moved into a friend of mine with a friend of mine. Um,
2: And it's just like, a friend, a friend of a friend
0: visited the friend, and he, he was like, I, I joined the Army. I got to go back to Maine because he's from Maine, and he was going to go to the recruit. I was like, wow, you know, that's, that's actually doing something about what's going on now. That's, and it really attracted – I was attracted to the Army. And, you know, I, I felt like the, milita- the uh, firefight didn't walk out because there was a, math, a lot of math and science. I'm not a math and science kind of guy. This this subject was uh, fire hydraulics about how much water is the hose, sandpipes and all this stuff. And I was just terrible at it, <laughs> and that, so I was like, "Well, I'll, and you know, if I join the army, I get the GI Bill, and I'll actually have health care because this was way before Barack Obama and health care. So I, I would have health care. I thought that was interesting that I'd be taken care of like that, and it's just I went on the website and. I kind of took their little quiz and it said Calvary Scout, 19-dub Cavalry Calvary Scout. And the definition of their job, this job title, was to find the enemy set up the front lines. And I was very attracted to that. I thought, you know, but I tell you, I, I struggled in basic training and advanced training
2: for the job. Um, but I managed to graduate
0: and, yeah, I was in, Fort in the Mojave Desert. I didn't go to Afghanistan or Iraq. But the thing about this particular duty state is there's nothing to do. and these were a lot of young adults, young men with time on their hands. And, you know, young adults with time on their hands is usually a bad thing. And I was acting out as far as mental illness goes. They didn't like me. I couldn't relate to them, you know, probably for a lot of reasons.
2: And, you know, it, it
0: you know I, I they didn't like me, so um, I tried uh you know i I think the most important thing was my willingness to serve you know i did I did want to serve, but it just didn't ended up because of mental illness. Mental illness stops your life, you know it's interrupted. I thought an old an old ex girlfriend was stalking me, which totally does not make any sense now that I look back at it, but for whatever reason, I thought she came to California from Richmond, Virginia wanting to marry me, which is a total delusion, part of schizophrenia, thinking somebody's in love with you. And I thought it was just crazy. It was, I mean, I was so, it was a hurricane, tornado going on in my head. And I thought the guys were sleeping with her and and all this Mm -hmm. stuff. And I mean, I couldn't surf, you know, I, I needed help. And so I actually went to the mental health clinic thinking I had special power. I didn't mention the people. I thought I had special powers. Because you remember, I, um, I said uh, the people in my mind were people I, in the army and from Richmond, so I thought I could talk to them through telepathy. And I actually went to the mental health clinic thinking I could go someplace else or do whatever. And they sent me down to take the psychiatric test on a computer. And I went to Balboa Naval Hospital in San Diego. Well, I was diagnosed with schizophrenia the first time, but I thought I fooled them. I thought, oh, no, I have special, I have special powers, and they think I have schizophrenia. Oh, man, that's stupid. I'm a schizoaffective bipolar type. And, you know, I've, I told you about the depression all in my life. Well, I told a psychiatrist at the Richmond VA, who, who I was seeing for a little bit, and she said, and, and I went there and said, you know, I'm having some su- suicidal ideation. I don't know why. And she said, you know, you've never taken an antidepressant before. So why don't we try that? That was a game changer. Had I been on an antidepressant in high school and college, who knows? Maybe I could have gotten a bachelor's degree. May, may, you know, I'm, uh, schizophrenia would be in there somewhere. I was I was in severe pain one time, and we were running, and I fell out of the run, which is probably another reason my experience hazy. Felt falling out of run is bad news, and my section sergeant was over me yelling at me, and I was in tears because of all the pain in my feet, and it's just like. You know, it was, oh my goodness, so much pain, such an uncomfortable moment. And you know, it's a lot of the army is tough it out. I think people in charge, um, I wrote this article on this, the journal of schizophrenia journal that my NCOs, my officers, the people in charge of me couldn't recognize that I was dealing with a mental illness. Look, when I look back at it, I thought it was obvious. But they weren't trained to pick out, oh, that guy may be dealing with a mental illness, you know. Instead, they got, they, they I got so bad that they wanted to punish me with hazing and other kind of things like that. Now, in school, I think, you know, teachers, professors, uh, principals, people in charge should be able to recognize somebody dealing with mental illness. Now, you know. Would I've gotten up, gotten help because I was a smart ass senior year in high school. I don't know, but it's nice to hear that people care about about what you're doing. Uh, my when I was a senior in high school, I was taking this college English class, um, and again, it was another thing where I was thinking about suicide. Um, and and he was like, I just want to make sure you're okay. You're okay, and. Now, I like him anyway because he treated us like adults, not like high school kids. But you know, I think that they should be able to recognize somebody with a mental illness, that somebody's struggling.
1: To go beyond the show, be sure to connect with us on all social media platforms at No Stigmas. And you can always reach out at NoStigmas.org to connect with us and see how we can team up together to champion mental health equity for all. Remember, to break these stigmas, we must be unsilent. We'll see you next time.